Welcome to the Atlanta Fringe Audio 2021, brought to you by the Atlanta Fringe Festival. To learn more about the Atlanta Fringe Festival, go to atlantafringe.org. This show is for general audiences. It may contain mild language, but has no overt violent or sexual content. First Day Back, written and performed by Rob Salerno. Edited by Anna Rubinova. Okay, everyone, settle down, take your seats, please. Uh, If there's not enough seats, you can lean against the wall or sit on the floor, thank you. Uh, I'm Mr. McKenzie. Some of you don't know me, I teach visual arts. Welcome to the art room. Obviously, we're all sad by what's happened. Even though we've had the weekend at home to kind of reflect and think on it, it can be hard sometimes for people to process their grief, especially for kids to go right back into a school routine. This is the first time a lot of you are experiencing something like this. Hopefully the last, too. That's why I wanted to offer an opportunity where we can all speak our minds and share our thoughts and feelings about Ollie. This is a safe space, so some ground rules, okay? Um, Everyone here agrees that no one is going to interrupt We're all going to be respectful of each other's feelings. And no one is going to repeat things that get said in here outside the classroom. And we're all going to speak in I statements to describe our own feelings without telling other people what to do or feel. And let's introduce ourselves uh, before we speak, since some of you, especially the younger ones, don't know everyone here. Does uh, anyone want to go first? Okay, I guess I'll get the ball rolling. Ollie, uh, Ollie kind of stood out in a crowd, so his not being in class today was very noticeable. This uh, seemed to come out of nowhere for me, so I feel caught off guard. I feel guilty that I didn't see any warning signs, because the way everyone's talking now, the news reports, they all make it sound like Ollie was a kid who was obviously on the brink and desperate for help, and I guess that makes me feel angry at myself for not realizing that I needed to do something. But I don't really know what it is I could have done, either. Do any of you have any thoughts, ideas, suggestions? You know what I love about teaching high school? It's the great dialogue you can have with students. I'm serious, though. Uh, My wife, she teaches elementary, and I know some of you were in her grade four class at Bobby Orr. When we were in teacher's college, she used to say she could never teach high school because the idea of being with a bunch of hormonal, pubescent, irrational teenagers terrified her. To me, the idea of being stuck in a room with 25 snotty, germ-ridden, crying eight-year-olds is hell. Teenagers 
you guys are so much more complex. We can have discussions and talk about ideas. I see you kids every day filled with so much energy and hope and dreams and fears and loves. And at a certain point, I think kids grow out of being these little monsters into really exciting people. Of course, sometimes those childish, monstrous sides still peek out. That's true of us grown-ups, too. I guess... I guess there's some disappointment I feel, both in myself and in Ollie, because I'll never see what kind of person he would have become after four years here. And I'm disappointed in some of his classmates, the ones Ollie said were so vicious to him. I don't know if those bullies really knew what they were doing, what their actions would cause. Yes, Joanna, you want to speak? Thank you, Mr. McKenzie. Hi, everyone. Hi, I'm Joanna Fairchild, and some of you know that I'm senior class president. And I just wanted to start by thanking Mr. McKenzie for setting this group up. You know, I, I think it's great that we all decided to come here today, too, because it shows that so many people cared about Ollie more than he probably knew. I didn't really know Ollie that well, but I kind of wish I did, you know? You're right, Mr. McKenzie. Ollie stuck out. You'd see him in the calf or the lounge, and sometimes I'd see him in meetings for the school musical. He worked in props and wardrobe with the other grade nines, and he was kind of awkward, but you could tell that he looked up to us, the main actors in the show. He was always singing, as if he was auditioning all the time. One time I was rehearsing I Feel Pretty, like before the actual rehearsal, and Ollie tried to sing along with me, and he was really camping it up, especially when we got to I Feel Pretty and Witty and Gay. Some of the guys, they started laughing at him and calling him names, and I should have said something, but then rehearsal started, and I guess we just moved on. I guess that was a pretty big failure of me as a student leader. I kind of wish that we'd all done more, or wait, sorry, rules. I wish that I had done more to get to know Ollie. Maybe if he could point to me as a friend, he wouldn't have felt so alone. Um, Mr. McKenzie, I don't know if there's anything we could have done. I think Ollie was just lonely because he was gay. Like, that's so weird. No one's saying the most obvious thing, right? Oh, right. Uh, my name's Mike Lee. Ollie was my lab partner in science class. I didn't know Ollie too well either. I mean, I guess I didn't want to get to know him too well because it was enough that the guys were always going on about how Ollie and I were lab partners, so we were experimenting together. I never really cared, you know, but I didn't want to invite it. It was weird, him not sitting next to me in class today, though. But, you know, he was always talking about how he wanted to find a boyfriend. Like, he posted that on Instagram all the time. Well, like, there's no other gay kids in this school, right? I don't think there's any other gay dudes in Oshawa. Which is weird, because, like, I don't have a girlfriend, and most of us in ninth grade aren't dating anyone. So... Maybe I guess what I'm saying is, like, 
maybe there's nothing anyone could have done except like maybe if there were more gay people around or something. I just think it's so crazy, right? Like, could he have just been nuts in the head? And that's scary too, because if he could do it, then I think, how do I know anyone else won't just be next? Could I come to school tomorrow and maybe Jessica or Tommy will have killed themselves or something? Like, I I've been watching out for my little brother and sister and telling them that if anything's wrong, they should come to me for help and stuff. It's scary. Thank you, Mike. Does anyone else want a chance to speak? How about somebody who knew Ollie a little bit better? Layla? He told me he liked my shoes. They were these pink patent leather Mary Janes with a one-inch heel and a gold buckle and detailing on the toe. I thought they looked so grown up, right? I just wanted grown-up shoes for my first day of high school, and I had to beg my parents to buy them for me because my mom thought I was too young to wear heels even though a one-inch heel is like nothing, right? I just wanted to make an impression. Ollie sat next to me on the bus, and I didn't even really notice him at first, but he just turned to me and said, cool shoes. And I was like, who is this guy, right? Because guys never notice shoes. He's still the only guy who's ever said anything nice about me. It's okay. I I'm okay. People keep saying, why didn't I tell anyone he was sad? Well, who should I have told? The school? Why? What are you going to do about it? Put him under 24-hour watch? Or are you going to punish the kids who'd write on his blog that they were going to beat the crap out of him the next day at school? Or the ones telling him he should just go ahead and kill himself? You'd probably just tell him to shut down his YouTube. I mean, you know that he tried to start up a rainbow club here, right? Like a gay-straight alliance because he thought it would make kids feel safer in school. And I told him that I'd totally be part of it as like a straight ally, but... I actually thought the whole thing was pretty stupid. I think he got the idea from that old show Glee or a newspaper or something. And it sounds good, but Ollie and I couldn't pull it off ourselves. Ollie decided to do this right after that day he got really beat up on the bus by those hockey jerks. And everybody knew it, right? He was like the least popular kid in school. And also, everyone kind of figured that the club would end up being just like a support group for Ollie since there aren't any other gay kids in school. And if you're straight, joining a club like that was like choosing sides in a war. And most kids aren't going to choose the side with the kid who just got his butt kicked instead of the hockey team. And I took some crap for it too. People already think I'm weird for the way that I dress, but when I was helping Ollie out with the Rainbow Club, people started calling me Dyke. And I was all like, big deal because I'm not, right? It still hurt. And the pretty girls who didn't even like me before and I'd never want to hang out with them anyway. They started telling people that I was checking them out in the gym change room. That all stopped, though, after the club fell apart. Now, Ollie and I spent all night making those posters for the club's first meeting, and we got to school early to put them up everywhere, and by lunchtime, they'd all been torn down. Some of the burnouts lit them on fire in the park. Ollie was all depressed about it, but I tried to make him feel better. Like, 
Maybe we should give up on this club, right? Maybe we could do something better with our time because painting those posters was fun, but it, I didn't want to have to do that every night. And then the club was going to meet once or twice a week and I didn't even know what we were going to do at it. What, all hang out and like gay people together? Or are we just going to recap Drag Race every week? Oh my God, we didn't need a club for that. Ali and I used to talk about how when we get older, we were going to go to Toronto or New York together, and he was going to be a famous singer, and I was going to be a famous fashion designer, and I would even, like, help him design his outfits and stuff, and he would be my spokesmodel. So I was like, Ali, what would you rather do after school? Hang out with a bunch of people feeling sorry for yourself? Or practice singing with the choir and hang out at my place and design outfits with me? And he was like, how am I supposed to get to your place when I can't even get on the bus? He got his mom to pick him up from school for two weeks before I finally convinced him to just get on the bus with me again. And, you know, everyone's coming up to me and asking me how I'm doing with this because Ollie was my best friend. And obviously I'm sad, but they they think like I should have known somehow. Like I'm psychic that he was going to kill himself. Or like it should have been obvious that he, it was going to happen because he was always talking about how sad he was. But, I mean, he wasn't. That's the point. He, he was mostly just a normal kid. A bit of a drama queen and he had bad days like everyone does, but he also had awesome days. He would smile for no reason and compliment a stranger's shoes on the bus just because. And he was always singing and talking about his plans for the future. I mean, you know what else you see on his Insta? He posted videos of himself singing his favorite songs, and he was pretty good. And he wasn't singing depressing, kill-yourself rock songs. It was all Lady Gaga and Katy Perry and Justin Bieber. Everyone talks about the It Gets Better video we made because they think it's, like, ironic or something. But he wasn't lying in that. He was so proud and happy, and he thought he was going to be like a role model or something. He thought more gay kids would come out because of it, but instead, some jerks just took it as an excuse to go all open season on him. When people made fun of him, Ollie would just laugh it off, like it was no big deal. And he was stronger than that, like he knew he was going to be better than them someday. He'd just say, go ride a unicorn! Which was like the ultimate gay kiss-off, right? Right before he did it, he texted me to say, I'm sad today. And I wrote him, what's wrong? But he just wrote back, sorry. I didn't know what he meant, but I guess now I do. He mentioned me in the note that he put up on Insta. He said he's going to miss me and how we used to sing together at sleepovers. That's the Ollie I want to remember. The one who would grab a top hat from the costume storage in the drama room and suddenly start singing Edge of Glory. Not the one who was crying into my shoulder on the bus after the hockey guys wailed on him. Hey, sir, um, I don't want to speak wrong here, but see, everyone keeps talking about teasing and that time Ollie got kind of beat up. And I don't think that's really fair. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm Nathan Da Silva, and I went to Ashbridge's Elementary with Dolly, so I'd known that kid since we were little, but I wasn't really close with him. And I'm not on the soccer or hockey teams, but I'm on the junior basketball team. See, I think that makes me neutral, right? So, like I was saying, see, Ollie got teased a lot, sure, about being gay and whatever. And he got teased about being gay for years, like way before he decided to actually admit that he's gay. He was just, you know, always pretty girly. He did figure skating and he sang like a girl. And it's like, that stuff just makes you different, right? And I guess before any of us really even knew what gay meant, we'd call him gay. I guess we all just figured it meant girly or something. Anyway, my point, sir, is that I don't think it's fair to say that it all just added up and he couldn't take it anymore. See, it's not like Ollie was alone in being made fun of. Kids make fun of other kids for being fat or short or too tall or dumb or too smart or for sucking at sports. Or, you know, I used to get teased for being skinny and Portuguese. And Mikhail used to get teased for being Polish, Ukrainian, whatever. I'm not saying it's okay. I just think that it's kind of um, natural. And I think it's important that guys especially learn how to deal with it by, I don't know, fighting back or what have you. Because running to the teacher or the principal doesn't work. And even if it did, what would you do outside of school, right? So, you know, it can't just be all the guy's fault or the hockey team's fault or my fault or it's like it's almost something you have to go through to learn to be a man you gotta defend yourself i defend myself by firing back sometimes or just by being a good basketball player so the rest of the team backs me up ollie just needed some backup then nobody would have hassled him no i don't think you get it nathan it's not as easy as you're trying to make it sound. Sure, if you're a jock or something, I guess you can just join a sports team and be Mr. Popular all of a sudden. And if someone teases you, you've got a whole crew to back you up. But for us who aren't athletes, it's not so simple. And what are you saying then? If you can't or don't defend yourself, it's your own fault? You're what? Not a man? Not fit? Not, not fit to even live? In case you all don't know me, I'm Andrew Winter. I wasn't good friends with Ollie, but I liked him, you know? And not in a gay way. I'm not gay, despite what everyone says about me all the time. I get made fun of for not being athletic, so I must be gay. And people tease me for my clothes and say I'm poor and my parents shop at Value Village. My mom once said I shouldn't worry because I'm smart, so one day I'll be rich and successful and an architect or a software designer, and the guys who tease me now will be mowing my lawn. I thought about saying that once, but it just sounded mean. Besides, it's just saying the same thing, like, if you're poor, you're no good, and rich people are better than you, and I thought the whole point is we're all supposed to be equal, right? And it's not something that we need to prepare ourselves to deal with as adults. When you're an adult and someone threatens to kill you or punches you in the face on the bus, you go to the police and press assault charges. The things Ollie was dealing with were assault and battery, death threats, harassment, libel, slander, theft, vandalism. We wouldn't expect an adult to put up with that. Why should we expect a kid? So what are you going to do about it, Mr. McKenzie? Because short of us all organizing into, like, some kind of anti-jerk mob and just becoming bullies ourselves, we kids can't do anything to stop this on our own. We don't have the power now. 
We need you and the other teachers and the principal to do something. Um, uh, yes, well, you're right, Andrew, and we certainly don't want you going out and forming mobs. We absolutely want to solve this problem. Ollie's death has affected everyone on the faculty. We want to know what you need. Do you want to have an after-school safe space like this permanently? Do you want us to punish bullies more severely? Or do we need to find more ways to make bullies and their targets get along somehow? Maybe it's a little hard for you to answer that question right now with everything so fresh. Mr. McKenzie, as student council president and female lead in the school play, I hold an important responsibility as a student leader, and I would be happy to make a speech on the morning announcements about the importance of tolerance and how bullying is uncool. As much as we could all use the guidance of such an important student leader, we all know that the real problem isn't bullying or teasing Ollie was gay, and they hated him for it. It was an organized campaign of hate against him because he was gay, and no one did anything about it because no one could bring themselves to say the word gay. You can't even say the word now, Mr. McKenzie. It wasn't bullying that killed him. We need to get rid of the homophobia in this school. <clears throat> uh, well, Layla... It's not quite as simple as that, although I do appreciate all of your suggestions today. I'm going to have to let you all go because we're close to the last bus leaving. I'm really glad you all came and shared today. I do wish more of you came, but uh, I'll be keeping this room open after school all week if you want to come by and share more thoughts or just talk. I think it would be great if you could come back tomorrow with ideas about what we could all do together to make you all feel safer in school. Cool? All right, kids. Uh, have a good day. Mr. DeMarco. You're late. You missed the whole meeting. Jesse, I said you missed the whole meeting. What? Oh, okay, fine. I'm taking out my headphones. Happy? You know, I could hear you with my music on too. These headphones suck. They don't cancel out anything. I need to get the new Monster Beats headphones. Then I won't have to hear nothing. Okay, okay. I'm putting them away. See? Gone. Jeez. I'm sorry I'm late, sir. I know you wanted me to be here, but I... I just didn't want to be here with all of Ollie's friends and stuff. I don't know what to say to you or to them. I don't even know why you wanted me here. I barely knew him. It's sad, but what are you going to do? I mean, it's stupid. He shouldn't have done that. Well, I mean, yeah, of course school sucked for him. School sucks for everyone. I don't know if you looked around, sir, but everyone hates school. You got a dress code and homework and tests and teachers were always on some kind of power trip. If it weren't for soccer and hockey, I wouldn't even come here. Okay, so some of us joked around on them. So what? Life's tough all over. 
You know what? Everyone gets bullied, gets made fun of. You think I never did? You seen my grades. You think I don't get made fun of for that? You know, some jabroni thinks he's some big shot or something because he gets all this algebra solved for X. Or, you know, even when I get stuff right, it's wrong. Like in civics last week, some stupid test asked, what's the capital of um, Manitoba? And I wrote Winnipeg. And Mrs. Erickson, she says it's wrong because there's two ends in Winnipeg. But I guess that's important in my life because someday I might have to handwrite the address on a letter that I'm going to mail to Winnipeg. But Mrs. Erickson, she thinks she got me ripped, right? She don't like me, so she's got to take me down a peg in front of everyone. She hands all the tests back, and when she's giving me mine, she says, You need to study more, Jesse. Another test like this and you won't pass. Out loud in front of the whole class, like she got to let everyone know I'm failing. And then the gravy on the crap sandwich, she makes me go up and write out Winnipeg 10 times on the chalkboard in front of everybody so everyone can see, here's the retard who doesn't know how to spell. And everyone, they all think it's funny, it's hilarious, because here's proof how dumb I am on display like a circus freak. Come one, come all, come see the dumbest kid in North Oshawa Collegiate. And you think I don't get teased? You know what they call me in the change room? Dumb Dumb DeMarco. But you know what? Someone gets out of line, someone really makes me mad. They know they're going to have to throw down with me, because I'll stand up for myself. Ollie never made me mad. That kid was just, well, you know, he wouldn't stand up for himself. He was a scaredy cat. Everyone knew that ever since he was little. I mean, I known that kid since we were four. We went to the same grade school and church, even took skating lessons together. Except I was skating to play hockey with the boys and he wanted to do figure skating with the girls. That wasn't even the first time everyone knew he was different, you know? He always used to make pink things when we did arts and crafts, and he liked to play house with the girls, and when it was recess and the guys would be playing soccer or handball or something, he'd sit in a corner with a book or something like he was too good for us. He mostly kept to himself, but that's not a good strategy in school. You got no friends, you got no one watching your back, and anytime crap happens, you're the easiest target. It's like my pop always says, shit rolls downhill. Sorry for swearing. Sometimes he'd get a smart mouth and try to put someone down and then he'd get put in his place. Like this one time in class right here, I was drawing this picture of um, Wolverine and Cyclops and they were fighting or at the end of a long fight. So their costumes are all torn up and they're just staring each other down like who's going to make the next move. And some of the guys were crowding around watching me draw because it looked pretty sick, right? And then Ollie, he walks right up, takes one look at the picture and says, that's really gay. Are they going to be making out in the next one? And everyone started laughing and calling me gay. So I got up and I shoved Ollie into the ground and he hit a couple of desks on his way down. And when you asked what was going on, we said nothing and went back to work. And that was fine because we took care of it ourselves. And don't act like that's not what you wanted us to do. I didn't need you to protect me because I'm a man. And you know what? It was over after that. I was going to put it in my locker, but I had to get rid of it. I liked it too. Art's the only class I even like. I tried to draw one with Storm and Jean Grey, but I'm no good at drawing girls. It wasn't even gay, though. I copied it out of a comic. You want to know what happened on the bus that day? This is a safe space, huh? No repeating? It was a crappy day, okay? 
I failed another science test and everyone in the class knew it too. Like everyone compares their marks with everyone else. So I was just sitting on the bus and I was listening to my disc man. Yeah, I know it's ancient, but I lost my phone and my parents wouldn't buy me a new one. So I had this really old disc man I found in the basement and a CD I stole from my dad. So I'm just trying to shut out everything and listen to my music until the bus stops at my house. But then these older guys from the hockey team, they start ragging on me because of the science test, start calling me dumb, dumb DeMarco again. And they see my disc man and grab it, you know, they're, they're acting like it's some kind of relic should be in a museum, right? So one of them, he points over at Ollie and, you know, this guy, he doesn't even know Ollie, right? I mean, know him, know him. Everyone knew Ollie. How could you miss him, right? He always used to act like he was going to be some big shot, you know, as if that made him better than us or something. Well, it didn't. That's what bugged me, right? It wasn't like how some of the guys said they thought he was, you know, in love with them or he was trying to make us gay. I know you can't make someone gay, right? So Ollie's hanging out with some of the drama club kids and he's standing full up in his seat and he's singing some song like he's in a musical or something. I don't even know what song because the noise of the bus is so loud you can't hear anything. So the other guys from the hockey team, they say, I got to go and knock him down a peg. Stop doing that stuff in our faces. Let him know that the bus is hockey team turf. And I'm all like, who cares, man? The drama kids, they're all playing at the opposite end of the bus and they're not bothering me. But these guys, they're all... Hey, dum-dum, you better go do this or else. Everyone already knows you're failing. You want the team to stick up for you when the going's rough? You better step up now. And the guy who took my disc, man, he's got the batteries out of it now. And he hands them back to me and he says, you go get that Ollie kid. And you bring him back here and you make him swallow these batteries. So yeah. I did it. I went right up to him and he was still singing. He had his back to me and I grabbed him by the neck and I pulled him off his seat and I pushed him to the back of the bus where all the hockey team was. And I told him I was just taking him on a walk. But when we got to the back, one of the guys shouts out, on your knees, faggot. And they start saying things like, I hear you like to swallow, faggot. And they're all chanting, swallow, swallow, swallow. I didn't think we were actually going to make him swallow him, but I had him cornered and he was crying and he was trying to escape around me. But the guys were sitting on either side. They grabbed his arms and they were shouting, do it, Jesse, put it in his mouth, make him swallow it. Like they were trying to make it sound sexual, which was just gross. But they were all looking at me. And if I didn't do it, I knew they just called me dummy again or worse. So I pushed him down on the ground and he was crying and screaming and I had the batteries in my hand and I was going to put him in his mouth and everyone was shouting, swallow, swallow. And we were so caught up, we barely even noticed when the bus stopped and the driver called out over the speaker, what's going on back there? And everyone just kind of froze. Because I don't think anyone knew what was going on anymore. I mean, we were all holding down this kid and forcing him to eat poison, right? the hell but we all let ollie go and i picked him up and just said nothing's going on ollie fell and i'm helping him back to his seat and i told him to stop crying because it could have been a lot worse and if he told anyone then the whole team would come after him 
You know, everyone wants to say this was my fault, the hockey team's fault, the mean girls who posted on his YouTube's fault. They call us bullies and killers at people I don't even know. And I may have pushed him that one time and almost made him eat a battery, almost. But nobody actually killed him, sir. He went into his room alone and he killed himself. And he did it because of name calling? So what? Everyone gets called names. If I went and killed myself tonight, would you lock up the hockey team for calling me dummy? Would the school fire Mrs. Erickson for embarrassing me in front of the class? And if that's such a crime, why do you have to wait for some kid to kill himself before you decide to do something anyway? You know, you all talk about how you want to make the school safer for gay kids now, and you want to give them clubs and safe rooms and list off the bullies because they're all smart and pretty and talented and funny and you like them now. But you want to do it in this place that's still all about singling out who's the best and smartest and best athlete and strongest and richest and hottest. So what, the gays get a free pass, but guys like me are still going to have to scrap our way out of the bottom. Why don't you ever talk about fixing a whole school that makes us fight each other all the time? I never even touched him after that. I'm not happy about it. I'm not proud. It was a stupid thing to do. I shouldn't have done that. But if it wasn't me doing it to him, it would have been somebody else doing it to me. I could still see that kid's face, crying, begging me to stop. But I also see the faces of my friends, the team, them telling me to do it, telling me not to be a chicken. And even though they never say it, I know from their faces that they were telling me that if I didn't do it, I'm next. You know, I think some of them even wanted me to chicken out so they could knock me down and beat me up. How crazy is that? I could have been Ollie. We got two choices, sir. Fight or don't fight. And Ollie made his choice. And I made mine. Can I go now? Yeah. You can go. Come back tomorrow. Jesse? Jesse? There ain't no reason you and me should be alone tonight. Yeah, baby, tonight. Yeah, baby. But I got a reason that you should take me home tonight. <clears throat> Ooh. Sorry. That was weird. Um... Welcome to episode 8 of Ollie's Summer Video Blog! <laughs> I'm just a little jittery today because it's the first day of high school tomorrow. I've been looking forward to it all summer. I know this is kind of dorky, but I always love the first day of school. It's like this total opportunity to just reinvent yourself. Nobody's seen you in two whole months, so like, Maybe I spent the summer in New York taking drama lessons with Lily Tomlin, and I met Lady Gaga in a cafe in Soho, and she told me that I had great style. <laughs> no biggie. Oh, you want to be my friend? 
Or like, maybe everyone's forgotten about that time you spilled grape juice all over your shirt and they're not gonna call you purple nurple anymore. Or maybe when I go back, everyone's gonna think it's cool that I like to sing. And I think that's actually gonna be true this time because everybody loves Lady Gaga now and I've really been practicing. The first day of high school is even better because most of the people at my new school will have never met me before. They'll be like 20 kids from my grade eight class in a grade nine class of 300. In a school of 1,200. I might not even see any of them at all. Plus, with that many kids, there's got to be some that are like me. I saw in the school brochure that there's a drama club, an annual fashion show, a show choir just like in Glee. It's like so much more grown up than my stupid elementary school. I bet that I can just be myself and the awesome kids will come right to me. I'm just going to walk right in the front door and start down the hallway. I'm beautiful in my way, cause God makes no mistakes. I'm on the right track, baby, I was born this way. <laughs> I probably won't do that, but can you imagine? Anyway, I think first days are awesome. It's like, you just get to completely start fresh. Like, even my friends. Okay, two years ago, Nathan D. in seventh grade, we were like best friends. We always used to hang out and play video games together, but then all of a sudden, he shows up first day of grade eight, and he'd grown like a foot over the summer, and he had hair on his legs that he was showing off because he was wearing shorts, even though it was unseasonably cold for September, and suddenly, everybody wanted him for basketball, and he was like King Stud. He even got a girlfriend, and I heard they've been to second base. I don't hang out with Nathan much anymore. I guess I don't really blame him. I mean, he's cool now, right? That's the whole point of being cool. You get to hang out with cool people. Except for Lady Gaga. She's cool, but she always says she loves the freaks. The monsters. Which, I guess is weird that she's so beautiful and she calls us monsters, but, like, that just proves that, you know, we might be freaks now, but one day we can grow up to be beautiful superstars. If I were cool, I'd still be friends with all the other people who are uncool. I'd probably make them cool because they'd hang out with me. Who knows, maybe Nate broke up with April over the summer and he's going to want to be friends with me again. Probably not, though. Sometimes, when I'm sad or bored, I read about Lady Gaga on Wikipedia. She's, like, really amazing. When she was 14, she was also really into singing like me, except that she was also sneaking out to audition for Broadway plays and perform at open mic nights. I mean... That's cool. I've always wanted to do that. Except for two problems. First of all, I live in Oshawa, Ontario, and there isn't any Broadway or open mic nights here. There's a karaoke bar, but you have to be 19 to get in, and I think also divorced, unemployed, and or with a criminal record. It's next door to the Swiss chalet we go to for family dinner on Sunday, and I swear, every time we walk past it, I can hear someone inside singing Like a Bridge Over Troubled Water, or I Learned the Truth at 17. And second of all, I'm not all that good yet. I know it. I don't need your comments on my videos to tell me that. I think Gaga had it easier because girls' voices don't change. I have to get used to my new voice, but that's why I'm practicing so much. You know, when I'm ready, I'm going to do it. Someday, I'm going to go out that window and take the bus into Toronto, and I'm going to do like Lady Gaga. I I've got... I, I don't know if I should say this online, but last time my dad took me into the city, I grabbed a copy of Now Magazine, and I've been studying the lists of open mic nights. You know, there's like two or three open mics every night in Toronto. I could go every day and sing like 15 times a week if I time it right. 
And then maybe I'll find a band and get signed and be a big star. I just have to get good at it first, but come on, I'm just a kid. So for now, I practice all of my star making skills. I don't really dance, but I'm gonna try out for the school musical and I do figure skating too, which is good for balance and strength and being used to wearing sequin spandex in public. I know everyone thinks figure skating is like a girly thing, but every four years the Olympics comes around and everyone thinks it's cool again. Everyone thinks Patrick Chan or Scott Moyer is cool during the Olympics. So, I kind of made a decision this summer about going back to school, and I may as well tell you about it now. When I walk into Northern Oshawa Collegiate tomorrow, I'm going to start letting everyone know that I'm gay. I already told my parents, and they were pretty cool about it. I mean, I guess my dad's been taking me to figure skating long enough, he probably already knew or at least suspected. Some people say I'm too young to know or, like, make the decision to come out. Like, my mom was worried that it's too soon, that the kids at school would be mean, but whatever. I know they mean well, but they just really don't know what it's like now. I'm not stupid. It's not like being gay is going to make me super cool. Maybe if I were going to school in Toronto and not Oshawa, but... But kids aren't scared of gay people anymore. My parents don't get it. They were all like, school's not going to be like Will and Grace. And I was like, Mom, Will and Grace was canceled before I was born. I mean, the 80s and 90s were so different. I just figure that if I walk into school confident and cool and let people know, yeah, I'm gay, yeah, I'm a figure skater, yeah, I'm a singer, and yeah, I think Chris Evans is super hot and I'm not ashamed and I'm not going to cry if you don't like it, then, I mean, what are people going to do? Okay, I'm a little nervous about that. I mean, even on Glee, Kurt got beat up every day for two seasons, but he stayed strong and that's what I think I can do. Chris Colfer is another one of my heroes. Did you know he originally auditioned for the lead, like the big football jock guy, and the director figured he was, you know, too gay for the part, obviously. But he loved him anyway, and he created the role of Kurt Hummel just for him. And then he went on to win a Golden Globe. That just goes to show if you're true to yourself, people are going to like you. I saw Chris Colfer's It Gets Better video, and that was what made me actually decide to come out to everyone. He says, There's nothing wrong with you, but there's a lot wrong with the world you live in. You'd think that would be depressing, right? Like, yeah, oh my god, the world sucks and people are jerks, but you know what? To me, that just means that I've got to work hard to change the world and make it a little better. And if I do that... It'll be great, and people shouldn't laugh at me or hate because there's nothing wrong with me. It makes me wonder about first days, right? Like, because tomorrow's the first day of high school, I get to reinvent myself as this totally cool, awesome singer who's out and proud and not going to be silenced by anyone's hate. And it's going to work because no one knows who I am yet, or maybe the ones who do will have forgotten about me over the summer. And that's kind of sad. Like, 
We'll give this opportunity to strangers, but if you know someone, you don't give them the chance to grow and change and get smarter, prettier, better, cooler. But what if we treated every day like it was the first day back to school? What if every time you saw anyone, even if you'd seen them like a thousand times before, you thought, hey, here's another person I can wow with how awesome I am just by being me. And what if every time someone saw you, even if they've known you for years and they've seen you every day, they'd think, well, here's an opportunity for me to see something cool about this person that I didn't know before. I don't know if that's really deep, but I think it'd be really cool if we could do that. Okay, I think I have to go to bed now, but I'll just leave you with this. There ain't a reason you and me should be alone tonight, yeah baby, tonight, yeah baby. I'm on the edge of something final we call life tonight. I'm on the edge of glory, and I'm hanging on a moment of truth. I'm on the edge, I'm on the edge with you. First Day Back was written and performed by Rob Salerno, based on the stage production directed by Stephen Gallagher. Audio editing by Anna Rubinova. Atlanta Fringe Audio 2021 is brought to you by the Atlanta Fringe Festival. You can binge on Fringe, on Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. If you like this piece, leave a comment or review wherever you listen to podcasts.